Money can buy you almost anything. It can't buy you immortality. That you have to earn. I'm gonna look you in the eyes and I'm gonna tell you the future. You were cut from your high school basketball team. You willed your way to the NBA. You're gonna win championships. It's an American story and that's why Americans are gonna love it. People are gonna build you up. God, are they going to? Because when you're great and new, we love you. Man, we'll build you into something that doesn't even exist. You're gonna change the world. But you know what? Once they've built you as high as they possibly can, they're gonna tear you back down. It's the most predictable pattern. We build you into something that doesn't exist, and that means you have to try to be that thing. All day, every day. That's how it works. And we do it again, and again, and again. And I'm gonna tell you the truth. You're gonna be attacked, betrayed, exposed, and humiliated. And you'll survive that. A lot of people can climb that mountain. It's the way down that breaks them. Because that's the moment when you are truly alone. And what will you do then? Can you summon the will to fight on through all the pain and rise again? Who are you, Michael? That will be the defining question of your life. And I think you already know the answer. And that's why we're all here. A shoe is just a shoe. Until somebody steps into it, then it has meaning. The rest of us just want a chance to touch that greatness. And we need you in these shoes, not so you have meaning in your life, but so that we have meaning in ours. Everyone at this table will be forgotten as soon as our time here is up. Except for you. You're gonna be remembered forever because some things are eternal. You're Michael Jordan and your story is gonna make us want to fly. And welcome to the main event. Happy 2024, everybody, and happy uh, 17th year on the air for the main event. Um, I open up with that scene from the movie Air. 
If you haven't seen the movie Air, it's on uh, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime uh, movie, and I think it's free to everybody who's an Amazon Prime member. Um, it is a it's a fantastic movie. I and I noticed that they're saying, hey, for your consideration, I'm seeing commercials that they're wanting uh, Academy members to consider it for Academy Award. Um, so I watched it again, and I've used that clip before. Um, Air is not about Michael Jordan. Air is about selling Michael Jordan and his family the Air Jordan shoe campaign. And you know it's a and it's about trying to establish trying to help uh Michael Jordan see their their plan to promote him on this shoe. And there's so much there's so many fantastic lines in this movie. And uh you know and in the the little the little uh a speech in there about you're going to climb that hill and then they're going to start to tear you down. And I've had at least, at least two people in the last two people that kind of look at me as a mentor, uh, in business. And, uh, in the last month that have asked me about, Hey, they've, 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 uh, they've come up to their top of their hill and they're seeing people try to tear them down. And, uh, uh, one of them said, Hey, I was, I was having a, uh, I was having a conversation and I was just doodling and I drew a lighthouse and he goes, and I kind of see myself as, as uh, the lighthouse keeper. I'm helping people see through the dark and uh, see their way away from the, the problems. And he's in, he's in the real estate business and he, and he's a, uh, a leader of one of the big companies in, in, uh, in the real estate business. And he goes, but what happens when we just get burnt out? Who takes care of the lighthouse keeper? You know, who, who helps? You know, you see people that they, you help guide them into, into success in their life. And then they turn their back on you. And I say, Hey, that's, that's part of it. All lead, all leaders in business and all leaders in probably everything feel that way at times. And that's just part of, that's part of the, that's part of the, of the struggle. That's part of the, Hey, you, you, you build yourself up, you build your, your empire, you bring people up with you. And then at some point they say, Hey, you know what? I don't care about you. I care about me. And they turn their back on you and you go, Hey, don't they owe me something? No, they don't owe you something. And I have to, uh, I have to use a quote from a book called success, the Glenn Bland method that I quote in my book, uh, experience, uh, experience matters. Here's mine. Um, and in one of the chapters, uh, the essence of the chapter is is uh, when you do things for other people, you put God in debt to you, and God and God for you do things for other people and put God in debt to you, not those other people, and God will pay you back through other people, not necessarily the same ones, and you don't count the cost of everything you do, and you don't count the cost of everything you do. You do it because it's right, and somewhere down the road, God will pay you back and they'll reward you, and uh, and I think that's kind of the essence of that speech and it seems to be on people's minds as as we change years and glad to see 2023 for most people was not a good year and uh because economically we were hurting and uh you know where it kills us to watch what's going on in washington dc and we and we don't feel like we have the ability to, to change it and i'm saying and you know my my wife and i we look at it and she goes why isn't anybody doing anything about this? And I said, they're doing what they can. They're doing what they can. She goes, no, nobody, nobody says anything. I said, I'm saying something. 
but all I can do is influence other people. And, you know, there's only so much, so much, uh, uh, influence that we have to make things happen. And it's, uh, and it's frustrating at times, but, uh, you know, God has a plan and, uh, I'll tell you, I don't understand it, but I have faith. So, uh, that's the essence of the beginning of this show. That song was, uh, Steely Dan reeling in the years. And I used that one. Uh, number one, it's a good song. Number two, uh, tonight, which I'm recording on Friday tonight, we're uh, going to the the forum in Inglewood, and we're going to see the Eagles. And Steely Dan is opening up for them. And there's not too many Eagle songs I can use to open up the open up my show because of their uh, their uh, publishing rights. And uh, but Steely Dan, hey, we're good, we're good. And uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Steely Dan for the second time and seeing uh, seeing the Eagles for about the fifteenth time. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to see the Eagles ever in your life. You don't realize that they are the they are the soundtrack of our lives, and uh, and they are a huge part of it. And uh, if you get a chance, take make the effort to go see them. So I'm going to talk about everything that's going on this week, all in this week. And before I do, let me introduce myself for those of you who don't know me. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and as the interest rates go down and down and down. Um, the opportunities are, are coming in front of us. Uh, if you want to get financing, you need some help, uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk to me about uh, real estate or loans or uh, uh, purchasing or refinancing, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo and uh, we'll do the cyber thing. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if there's any part of the show you missed, stay on edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, and you can hear this show as well as several past shows on demand. Listen to them whenever it's convenient. And uh, you can also get the, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can actually uh, subscribe for free and have it download once a week. I record on Friday mornings. It uploads Friday afternoon, and it'll download to your device somewhere shortly thereafter. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Hey, so uh, going into this week, uh, there's lots of people talking about the uh, Jeffrey Epstein documents from his uh from the the trials, the depositions of some of the some of the victims, the girls that were uh, sex trafficked, and uh, there's lots of there's lots of documents being released this week from Ghislaine Maxwell's civil trial, and they've been unsealed. But what we what we know so far is not a huge surprise. What we know right now is there is no all encompassing list of people on it. Uh, Bill Clinton is in there, which we've known for years. Uh, he did go to Epstein's private island, we know. Supposedly, he didn't take the bait. In other words, he didn't have sex with anyone there. Uh, yeah, we've heard that before. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. No, he never had sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky, except for when he did. And, of course, uh, we all know that Bill Clinton is a sex addict. And uh, he was on a plane 26 times going to uh, an island nicknamed Orgy Island. And, uh, but he's never taken the bait. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, 
doesn't make sense to me that that wouldn't happen. Um, and I think uh, one of the Epstein victims reported that, that, quote, he likes them young. So something had to happen at some point that somebody saw. Trump did fly on Epstein's plane with his second wife, Marla Maples, and his daughter, Tiffany Trump, when she was an infant. So it's doubtful he was engaged in anything improper on those trips. And, of course, I've seen a couple of the pages where uh, the the witness is saying oh, she never saw him there. She heard he was a friend, but she never saw him saw him there. He never flirted with her, blah, blah, blah. Um, so right now, right now that's, uh, that's the Epstein info in a nutshell. Um, I've heard all kinds of other names in the last couple of days. Uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz, Kevin Spacey, Michael Jackson, uh, among others. And, you know, we all know these people for uh, having been in the news for, uh, other than Alan Dershowitz, for being uh, predators of some sort. And, um, but typically not with girls. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, so as the, as things come to light, we'll talk about it. To the uh, to the extent I'm I'm more interested in the in the political people that are in there that are helping to hide this stuff, the people that are helping to make sure that he was able to suicide himself. Um, so the so this information would never come out. So let's talk about the new year. The new year. Then with every new year comes new laws that go into effect. We can't cover them all, of course, but California's legislature passed 1,046 bills last year, and Newsom signed 890 of them into law. And just in case you didn't know what you're paying for when you pay your state taxes and what we uh, what we pay our state legislators to do with their time, you'll be pretty surprised at some of these things. We could talk about some of the new laws in for 2024. A few of them are sensible, like uh, harsher penalties for fentanyl dealers and laws that crack down on catalytic converter theft. But some of them are ridiculous, no surprise there, and others are downright insane. So first, let's talk about the ones that pertain to concealed carry SB2. Uh, this one is still in limbo. It was blocked by the federal judge just two days before New Year's, then reinstated by way of a federal appeals court putting a temporary hold on the injunction. So it was blocked, and they put a temporary hold on the block. Um, so as of right now, it's being enforced, but that could change. So what is SB2? It was designed to reinforce California's concealed carry laws after a Supreme Court ruling that struck down a similar law in New York. SB2 would ban Californians from carrying firearms in various sensitive public places like parks, stadiums, and places of worship. Of course, those are places that I always carry, and this law isn't going to change anything um, because these are the places that um, that the bad guys that the bad guys know there's not going to be any opposition. Hey, people aren't allowed to carry in churches, so I'll go into a church and shoot it up, and no one will shoot back. Or I'll go into uh, I'll go into parks and I'll go in these places. But guess what? You know that's people. They know that. But the lawmakers are just idiots. Fox 11 had a guest who articulated the opposition to this law perfectly. His name is Russell Stewart, owner of Beverly Hills Guns and a candidate for Beverly Hills City Council. We have the most stringent process to get a concealed carry permit in the entire country. So you're telling me that once someone has been through the background check, been to the interview, been through the training, some of these cities are now even doing psychological checks. Now that we have all of these checks and balances in place, that once you get the permit, you're the bad guy, you're the person who could be prosecuted for being close to a public park or a synagogue or a school. This is the whole reason why people are getting these permits is because they're afraid 
So why would you prosecute someone who has been through the process and done the right thing, but the people that are committing these crimes are not going through these processes? Gun-free zones don't stop people. They encourage people because they know they're going to be met with no defense from an armed citizen. Yeah, you know, uh, laws only affect law-abiding citizens. And concealed carry, the concealed carry laws are designed to let law-abiding systems protect themselves from uh, law-ignoring citizens that endanger their lives. I think I think from talking to Chad Bianco and other people in law enforcement, they appreciate people having concealed carries because those are those are probably the most responsible citizens out there. Those are the people that that think enough of the laws that they want to protect themselves and protect their loved ones. And the the police officers don't have to worry about those guys because they know how to use a gun, they know how to protect themselves, and that's the reason that they got the concealed carry permit in the first place. So uh, next there's the AB 436, a.k.a. the cruising is not a crime law, authored by State Assemblyman David Alvarez, Democrat from San Diego. AB 436 says local governments can no longer ban vehicular cruising. It actually reverses a 1988 state law that allows cities to ban it. Also prevents cities from restricting lowrider cars. Anyone have a guess uh, why this law was enacted? Where are you going, Milner? Oh, I'm going home, sir. Uh-huh. Well, where have you been? Uh, we were I, uh, at the movie, sir. Milner, you didn't happen to be around the corner of 12th and G about 8.30 tonight, did you? No, no, sir. No, we were at the movies, like I said. Uh-huh. Milner, the reason I stopped you was because the light on your license plate out. I'm gonna have to cite you for that. And Milner, the front end of this 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 thing you're driving looks a little low. Oh, no, sir, no, no, it's 12 and a half inches regulation size. Now it's been checked several times. You can check it if you like, sir. Yeah, well, that uh that little scene from American Graffiti is talking about the front end of his vehicle, and I think uh, the lowriders are more talking about the back end. But I guess a lowrider is a lowrider. The 1988 law gave cities the authority to make cruising or driving lowriders on city streets a traffic offense. Doing so, said proponents of AB 436, prompted bans in cities across the state that unfairly targeted Latinos and other minorities. Well, as I remember back in my uh, younger days, uh, cruising Whittier Boulevard or cruising Belthar Boulevard or cruising uh, some of the more lit up lit up streets in our communities, um, there were there were lowriders and there were surfers, and you had the lowriders had their cars sitting on the ground, and the surfers had the back end of their cars jacked up, jacked up way high in the back. So uh, I don't know how uh, how cruising targets Latinos and and other minorities because we all did it, we all did it, and uh, and of course uh, today I drive a Corvette and and it's got to be three inches off the ground. So uh, and that's how they come stock. So there goes the law. Now it's legal to cruise again. All right. American Graffiti, here we come. Okay, of course, there's a new reproductive health law for 2024. You know, Democrats have to make sure there's at least one every year. It's SB 345, which makes California the sixth state to make it legal for healthcare providers to offer abortion services to out-of-state patients via telehealth. Um, it means that California doctors can, can prescribe abortion pills to women in states where abortion is illegal after seeing them over a video appointment. And California pharmacies can send those pills in the mail. 
The law will shield the doctors and pharmacies from prosecution, fines, or losing their license, as if California would have done any of those things before this law. Uh, the law will, will also prevent states where patients are located from prosecuting the California doctors who prescribe the pills as it bans bounty hunters and bail agents from apprehending California doctors and taking them to another state to stand trial. Would those states go after those doctors? Eh, I don't know. I don't know, but it's it seems to me uh, it's peculiar to me that California that California can pass a law that that prohibits that prohibits uh, other states from enforcing their laws. I don't know. I don't know how that how that makes any sense, but we'll watch it and see as we go as we go into the future. On to new workforce laws in 2024. Let's start with the ones that impact employers. SB 616, which expands California's mandatory paid sick leave from three days or 24 hours to five days or 40 hours. Okay. Uh, Workers are eligible to accrue these hours once they have been employed for 200 days. Labor advocates say the increase will curb the spread of disease by preventing employees from working when they are sick. Uh, But opponents of the law say uh, it'll be another financial burden for employers and claim some workers request leave sick leave when they're not ill. So it prevents employers from, uh, from screwing up a good uh, three or four day, four day weekend for the employees. You know, uh, when they got, when they got long weekend plans, it keeps the employers from screwing those up. And then there are wage increase laws as promised back in 2016, when SB three was passed, minimum wage in California is now $16 an hour. Remember, it was supposed to be historic that it was going to be $15 an hour by 2022, but that bill had a provision that stated the minimum would continue increasing based on the changes in the U.S. Consumer Price Index, which uh, the fact that it only went up another dollar um, based on the uh, the Biden inflation, not Bidenomics, Biden inflation, uh, sending uh, the Consumer Price Index through the roof, uh, you'd think a dollar wouldn't be enough. Um, but, of course... This puts a burden on on the employers, unfair to everybody else. So that's how they got it to $16 an hour this year, and they're already trying to put on the ballot to get it to $18 an hour by the time we vote in November. Uh, Then we have AB 1228. Increases the minimum wage for fast food food workers to $20 an hour in April. It also establishes a fast food council that will determine the future uh, increases in working conditions for the next five years. And uh, you know, I have a I have a friend in Arizona uh, who's who's talking about his wife runs runs uh, her uh, her employer's family or his, his whole company since her employer died and now it's now she works for the spouse who has no idea what's going on in the company, and she only gets seventeen dollars an hour. I said, well, why don't she just quit and go to McDonald's and flip burgers for twenty dollars an hour? He goes, that's in California, and I said, well, Needles is only about fourteen or fifteen miles away. Why don't she drive there and do that? And, uh, and of course you don't realize that, you know, it's the skilled labor required to flip hamburgers at McDonald's or uh, Carl's Jr. or In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger probably pays more than, more than that anyway, but you can see where there's most of this stuff is just nonsense. SB 525 raises the minimum wage of healthcare workers like nursing assistants, medical technicians, and janitorial workers to $21 an hour in June and continues increasing it incrementally until it gets to $25 an hour in uh, 2026. Here's a local news report on these new laws from KTLA. 
The first of the year, California's minimum wage rises from $15.50 to $16 an hour. June 1st, Senate Bill 525 increases the minimum wage for California health care workers by an estimated 30% to at least $21 an hour. And starting April 1st, the minimum wage for fast food workers will rise to $20 an hour. Governor Gavin Newsom signed Assembly Bill 1228 into law in late September. He called it a significant breakthrough for the state's 557,000 fast food employees. We have the opportunity to reward that contribution, reward that sacrifice. Yeah, we have opportunity to reward all that stuff. And, you know, when the government gets involved in employers' businesses, um, it creates this, you know, it doesn't, you don't realize the domino effect that this has on on the companies increasing their costs, which increases the the bills to to consumers. And, uh, you know, Newsom, Newsom thinks that he's, he's a, uh, He's a hero for all the people that work work at McDonald's and Jack in the Box and the and the hospitals, but uh, he doesn't realize that. Hey, you know what? It's it's uh, it's trickling down. It's trickling. Oh, but trickle down economics doesn't work. Yes, it does. It trickles down the prices. It trickles down the costs. It trickles down the profits. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes traffic, sports, and commercials, and I'll be right back with lots more. Are you reeling in the years? Stowing away the time? Are you gathering up the tears? Have you had enough of mine? And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, but uh, I will be keeping you in the loop as rates continue to go lower and... Uh, Remember, remember, as for those of you that got high rates in the last two or three years, um, you're going to start getting telemarketed and uh, and email marketed uh, by all the all the mortgage companies because your interest rate went down a quarter of a point or a half point. But if you want to talk to somebody who will tell you when it makes sense and when it doesn't, you know, if you're going to spend five or six or ten thousand bucks on a refinance to save three hundred bucks, um, three hundred bucks a month. Um, Three hundred bucks into ten thousand. Well, depending on how much it is, there's a there's a point at which it, it makes sense, and there's a point at which it doesn't make sense, and uh, and especially when we know the rates are going to continue to go down. So my my uh, my recommendation is as you refinance, um, do it for as little little money as you can, which means you're going to get a little bit higher rate, but you'll do it again six months later or 12 months later. Um, if you want to talk to somebody on your personal situation that uh, thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 and, uh, or go to edhoffman.net, click on United American Mortgage logo, and we'll do the cyber thing. Um, also, just so you just so you uh, have some some food for thought, I've, to- I've told you that there's a few uh, markets in the country that the market prices are coming down already, but also consider that um, as the Federal Reserve starts to lower lower rates, um, that'll that'll create more affordability. And because and because uh, they're they're messing with the free market, that will start to push uh, push uh, prices up more. So doesn't always doesn't always make sense, but you know the price of a uh, price of uh, going to university used to be cheap. And then they created the guaranteed student loan and say, well, since you can finance it, nobody cares how much it costs. Just sign away. 
Sign away and get your college education, regardless of whether it's worth anything or not. You know, mortgage yourself to the hilt so you'll never get out of debt. Um, so anyway, uh, if you if you want some if you want some advice on on uh, what's the best time to buy, when's the best time to sell, when's the best time to refinance, 855-640-2020 or edhoffman.net, click on United American Mortgage logo. So before the uh, break, we were talking about all the new laws in California. Well, not all the new laws, only the ones that that uh, caught my attention. A couple others I didn't have time to get to. Um, now we have a AB 1084, the gender neutral toy aisle law that wants to punish stores who don't make their toy aisles woke enough. Here's a montage of local news reports on this. Gender-neutral toy aisles are now law. Most stores have aisles clearly divided between boy toys and girl toys. Well, the new law won't take those away, but it will force stores to add a gender-neutral section. The new law will force stores to add this section in addition to aisles divided between boys' toys and girls' toys. Companies that violate the new law could face up to a $500 fine. So I guess stores will be mixing uh, mixing up uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the same aisle, aisle with Barbie now. And, uh, you know, who's, got, who's going to uh, enforce these laws? Um, I assume there will be a delegation of people that go in there to file lawsuits against uh, stores so they can get the 500 bucks. Um, assuming that they do. I know when I built my building in, uh, in Moreno Valley, um, we had to, we had to, uh, go with the ADA laws, which meant my, uh, my bathroom counters were down around, down around your crotch height. And, uh, and I made a comment to, uh, the Gary Kyle, who was the head of the building department at the time. And he goes, Hey, I'm just trying to protect you from Ruthie Goldcorn, which was which is a disabled lady in uh, Moreno Valley that I used to work with her husband once upon a time in the mortgage business, and uh, she makes it apparently she makes it her uh, her goal in life to go into new buildings and find out when they have the counters just a little bit too high, and then she files a lawsuit. So I'm sure there will be other people that uh, will do that on the toy aisles that say, "Hey, there's not a there's not a separate aisle for." gender-neutral kids. Although, by the time kids start to question their gender, are they still playing with toys? I don't know. And, you know, and is this what we pay our legislators to spend their time on? I, if, you know, if I have my choice, I wouldn't pay for this. Okay, uh, next is uh, moving on to AB 91, which has nothing to do with that freeway that doesn't ever move. Um, this one's about in-state community college tuition rates for certain students who live across the border. And I'm not talking about the border of Arizona or the border of Nevada or Oregon. We're talking about the border with Mexico. Advocates say the measure will lower the burden for students to receive education and training to help prepare them for workforce. Yeah, of course it will. Here's ABC News 7 reporter uh, from uh, when, Newsom signed the, when Newsom signed the bill in October. California will soon give some students who live in Mexico in-state tuition rates at certain community colleges. Governor Newsom signed this new law on Friday. It applies to low-income Mexicans who live within 45 miles of the California-Mexico border and want to attend a community college in SoCal. It's a pilot program that will launch next year and run until 2029. A similar law passed in 2015 to allow some Nevada residents living near the California border to attend Lake Tahoe Community College at in-state tuition rates. Of course, the uh, the Lake Tahoe situation was uh, between uh, two states, and they were all American citizens. Um, this one is, uh, since we don't have borders anymore, you know, people in Mexico, 
I don't know why Mexico is not the 51st state since obviously there's no border in between Mexico and and United States and the and the southern border of Mexico would be easier to uh, to protect and of course uh, you know this would aqu- this would apply to people who live in Tijuana which is three miles from the border Mexicali is five miles Rosarito is uh, 18 miles um, so hey there you have it folks California is California uh, and uh, or uh, Mexifornia whatever you want to call it it's uh, it's uh, somebody else's state where you just live here. Um, okay, we made it to the end of the year without giving giving in to Democrats on Biden's emergency supplemental aid package for Ukraine and Israel, but unfortunately, we still have the same border crisis that we had last week. What, what's Congress doing about it? Well, Senate Republicans are continuing to negotiate a deal with Democrats on including border policies into Biden's supplemental, uh, uh, his supplemental bill for $110 billion. And more than 60 House Republicans took another trip uh, to a field trip to the border in Eagle Pass, the largest delegation ever to visit a border city. Is it a waste of time? Absolutely. But right now, the negotiating is in the Senate's hands, and the House Republicans say they will not stand for any foreign aid bill that falls short of of uh, the hardline HR2 bill that they already passed um, to actually get results on the border. Leading the delegation is Speaker Mike Johnson, who started out the trip by exposing the sneaky tactics of the Department of Homeland Security under Alejandro Mayorkas, soon to be, who will soon to face uh, impeachment proceedings next week. Speaker Johnson tweeted an eye-opening photo on Tuesday, which I'll describe to you while reading his tweet. Here is Eagle Pass just weeks ago versus yesterday. The Biden administration decided to, decided to divert, divert the flood of illegal immigrants to another location in order to keep them out of the camera shots during the House GOP's visit to Eagle Pass. Don't be fooled. They are still being released into our country. Under President Biden, our southern border is a disaster. And there's two pictures of Eagle Pass. You can see the bridge in the background, so you can, so you can mark the mark. It's the same uh, camera angle, and you see in the first one you see uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, of illegal aliens being lined up, and the second one has all the all the orange uh, dividers where they where they make uh, rows of lines for them to be checked in, and it's all empty. So they may be able may be able to fool uh, Biden when he goes to the border. By cleaning up a little section in between two uh, tractor trailers uh, there. So, hey, look, it's all clean here. There's nothing going on here. And they may be able to fool the uh, the people from the Asian Pacific Economic Conference in San Francisco a few weeks ago. But, uh, hey, we're not buying this BS. We know, we know it's BS here, and we know what's going on at the southern border. So what are the House Republicans doing about the border besides going on field trips? A small coalition are speaking out to say that they have no problem with shutting down the government. That group and that's uh, and that's coming up on uh, January 19th. That group includes Matt Rosendale of Montana, yay, uh, Bob Good of Virginia, Andy Biggs and Eli Crane both of Arizona, Matt Gates and Corey Mills of Florida, and Chip Roy of Texas who didn't go on the trip because he's tired of going down there and seeing nothing happen. How would a shutdown be forced? By failing to fund the FDA Department of Energy and Department of Transportation on the first deadline of January 19th, coming up just two weeks from today. And that's what these members say they will, they're willing to do. Here's Andy Biggs and Matt Rosendale. No more money for this bureaucracy uh, of his government until you've brought this border uh, under control. Shut the border down or shut the government down. We are all committed to that. 
there, there's a national security issue that is being uh, taking place here on the southern border, and that's what it's going to take to, to hold this administration accountable. Predictably, the White House response has been nothing short of pathetic. In addition to diverting migrants out of Eagle Pass this week to hide, hide them from House Republicans, we got this absurd exchange with, from between Biden and a, and a reporter. Because the president refuses to walk over to the reporters and allows the sound of Marine One to drown him out. The audio is terrible, so I'll read the exchange. First, the reporter says, Are you doing anything about the southern border, Mr. President? And Biden says, What? Oh, I thought that was the end of it. <laughs> so then the so then the uh, reporter says, the southern border, are you going to do anything about it? The record number of migrants. And Biden says, we got to do something. They ought to give me the money I need to protect the border. Yeah. So the answer is always more money. Because Democrats Democrats uh, measure their, their effectiveness by how much money they threw at something. Well, we threw $100 billion at this. Of course, it all went to companies that don't do anything and except for uh, channel money back to us legislatures, our legislators. And uh, and in case we forgot, Biden's uh, March 2023 budget allocated $25 billion for the border. Clearly, more money is not the answer. And Joe Biden knows it. This Biden White House has no shame. This president is calling it a money problem the same week his administration is asking the Supreme Court to force border agents to cut razor wire along the Texas border. This is not even Trump's wall. This is razor wire fencing paid for by the taxpayers in Texas. And while uh, while Biden says, hey, we're trying to get control of this border, but I can't get enough money, they're cutting razor wire that the Texas uh, citizens are paying for to keep people out of their state. And while he's saying, hey, you know what, we're in full support of, uh, of Israel, the House passed an Israel uh, a benefit benefit uh, aid aid plan, and uh, the Senate won't even won't even put it to vote. Can you see Can you see the hypocrisy here, folks? You know, you know how how you know when a Democrat is lying, his lips are moving. Finally, the polls polls are showing that voters on both sides are fed up. The new Pew Research poll says that only thirty two percent of American adults are very confident or somewhat confident in this president's ability to make wise decisions about immigration. Yeah, I'd like to meet those 32 people out of 100 and see what the hell they're they're thinking. Here's food for thought. Last month, December 23, Democrats refused to visit the border to see the shelters at 600% capacity. They blamed the entire crisis on Republicans. The number of migrant encounters at the border in that month was 302,000. Now let's compare that to three years ago, December 2020, Trump's last month in office. Democrats go to the the border for photo ops. They make big shows out of claiming migrants are being abused in camps. And when the Department of Homeland Security moves them into shelters, they call those shelters inhumane. The number of migrant encounters at the border in that month, 74,000. So you've you've got six times as many people in these shelters in inhumane in inhumane conditions that they say and we've got four times as many uh, encounters at the border and that doesn't even count the gotaways and if you remember if you remember a few years ago when when all the democrats were saying how inhumane it was for all these kids at the border 
Um, and they were being kept in cages. And then Candace Owens went down there and uh, took her film crew and, and talked about how nice the facilities were. They've got they've got cafeterias and they've got and they've got soccer fields and they've got computer labs and they've got all the she goes, This is nicer than the high school I went to. And they're taking good care of these people, but you know, when the Republicans are, are doing it, it's inhumane. But when the Democrats do it, no problem. We don't wanna we don't even want to look at it. Pretty pretty uh pretty pretty hypocritical if I do say so myself. Joe Biden's approval ratings at a record low of 34%, according to a recent Monmouth University poll. So that makes two polls in the past month that showed voters are sick of Biden's open border. Only 26% of those polled approve of Biden's immigration policies. I'd like to meet those 26%, those 26 people out of 100 as well. And his economic policies aren't doing much better with voters. In Monmouth poll, Biden gets 42% approval on jobs and just 28% on inflation. Only 12% say their personal finances are improving under Joe Biden. Where do these numbers come from? I have a hard time believing that 42% of people think that he's doing good on jobs or 28% on inflation. Remember, inflation went up to like 8 or 9%, maybe 10%, and now it's down to around 4 and that doesn't mean the prices aren't going up. It just means they're not going up any faster. The prices aren't coming down. Here's yet another poll. USA Today's Suffolk University released Monday uh, shows the key demographics Democrats care about. Young voters, black voters, and Hispanic voters are wising up and pulling their support away from Biden. Who are they shifting their support to? Well, take a wild guess. But he's got a weird hairstyle. In 2020, 92% of black voters claim to support Biden. This week's poll shows that that has fallen to 63%. So a third of all the black support just went away. In 2020, 59% of Hispanics claimed to support Joe Biden, which is barely over halfway mark as it is. In this week's poll, down to 34%. And among young voters defined as under 35, the group that Democrats always have the advantage of with because they scare them into worshiping uh, abortion and climate change, um, Donald Trump has surpassed Biden. 37% to 33%. The remaining portion of the young voters say they want to support a third-party candidate, which means they probably won't vote at all. Before she had even delivered the first White House the first White House press conference of the new year, Karine Jean-Pierre went on CNN to claim the polls are wrong. Bidenomics is working. Joe's a great president, and we're all crazy for not seeing it. In 2020, the president was able to bring together they, the most, the largest, most historic uh, coalition that we've ever seen, that Democrats have ever seen. So obviously we want to continue that. What we've done for, for the black community and the uh, Latino community, black community, when uh, when the president walked in, unemployment was at 9.2%. Now it's under it's under 6%. That's because of Bidenomics. In the last two years, uh, almost three years now, the president has done more, more in the last three years than some presidents had done in two terms. It's going to take a little bit of time for folks to feel what the Bidenomics has been able to do. It's going to take you a little bit of time for you guys to feel that gas prices are down at two bucks. It's going to take a little bit of time because when you go to the when you go to the gas pump in uh, in other states besides California, it still sells three and a half. And you know, that was $1.72 in Arizona before, uh, uh, before uh, the election uh, three years ago, and it's going to take a little bit of time for you to feel, to feel that 
you know, the price of groceries is uh, is back down to where it was, and it's going to take a hard. Oh, I've and I forget California. The California people are going to for it's they're not feeling the three dollars and twenty five cents or the three dollars and thirty five cents because they go to the gas pump and it's five bucks. So I don't know. You know, you guys don't realize it's working because it's not six ten a gallon like it was a couple of months ago. Um, you know, and you know, hey, in three years ago they built the largest coalition. The a historic coalition of people uh, committing uh, election fraud ever in history, and they want to keep that going. They want to keep that going. There's no price. There's no price too big to keep them from uh, to keep them from winning. You know, they'll they'll uh, steal votes. They'll commit fraud. They'll uh, they'll have dead people voting. They'll be mailing out vote. Uh, uh, they'll be mailing out votes. And of course, with AI. How do we even know what's real anymore? How do we even know? You know, it's you know they you know you they print dollar bills, so it's really hard to counterfeit them. But ballots are easy to counterfeit, and you know it's so hard to to count votes in one night because you know they have to they have to finish they have to get to a certain point where they know how many fraudulent votes they need need to bring in. So I suspect, I suspect election night in November. We'll be seeing another uh, episode of, oh, well, we're going to take a break now and let everybody go home and we'll finish in the morning. And we'll be seeing a very sad, a very sad uh, United States the next, the next morning after that when the Democrats take everything. Uh, hopefully this isn't true. Hopefully the Republicans actually engage and get us all learning how to ballot harvest and, uh, and making sure that make sure that people are are working at the at the polling stations to make sure this stuff doesn't go on and uh, and we and we keep that from happening and uh, and of course Kareem Jean-Pierre talks about the jobs all the jobs the jo- they don't realize that black people was 9.1% now it's 6 6 point something uh, for unemployment they don't realize that you know hey when Biden came into office people were still out of work because of covid we hadn't reopened up yet and while Trump was trying to, the Democrats were putting pressure on him to not because you're endangering people's lives. Oh, my God. If people people catch a cold, what will happen? And if we don't pay pay hospitals to to tell you that you died of covid when you really died of of heart disease or died of, uh, of pneumonia. Nope. Write down that write down covid and you get thirteen thousand dollars. And if they happen to be on a ventilator, it's thirty nine thousand bucks. So. Let's everybody watch those statistics so you'd be scared of everything and get those booster shots. Oh, and then and before I go on, go on to uh, to Trump. Don't forget Jared Bernstein out there, the White House uh, economic guy going out there and, and reminding us even this past weekend about how low the cost of insulin is. Does he have anything else to say? Yeah, but look at the people who have diabetes. The cost of insulin is under thirty five dollars. Copay, buddy. Copay. That's not anything you did with the cost of insulin. That's what you did with the copay. So meanwhile, Trump is only gaining steam from his endless legal opposition, including the courts in Colorado and Maine trying to keep him off the ballots. There are about a dozen states still considering whether they should make the same move as Colorado and Maine. Maybe they should listen to people like Obama advisor David Axelrod. He's no friend of Trump, 
but he sees that voter support for Trump is only getting stronger as the legal opposition builds. He's only gained since he started getting indicted. Uh, you know, what you thought might be kryptonite for him has turned out to be battery packs. And this is a big one uh, for him. Uh, presumably the Supreme Court will deal with it uh, fairly quickly. And I expect that they will leave him on the ballot. I have very, very strong reservations about all of this. I do think it would rip the country apart if he were uh, actually prevented from running because tens of millions of people uh, want to vote for him. I think if you're going to beat Donald Trump, you're going to probably have to do it at the poll. And if you want to beat Donald Trump, you better wait till 2028 when he can't run because Donald Trump is so far ahead of everybody. And, you know, it's and it's not that anybody believes that Trump deserves a second term. We believe America deserves a second Trump term. It's not a question of what Donald Trump deserves. We want our country back. We want our country back. We want our border. We want our border security back. You know, I, I said this last week, you know, the way the, the southern border is being treated is like, hey, let's just open up the jails and let everybody let everybody go because we don't know who's coming over here. Why are so many people running from China? They're 20. You know, you've got probably probably a, a huge probably 50 percent of everybody that came over over in the last couple of months have been Chinese people. How do they just walk over the border from China to uh, from China into the United States on the southern border? The whole world knows that our southern border is open, and if you want to go to America, just get over to Mexico and walk across. This is not this is not news. It's it's everywhere, and so the bad guys, the bad guys in other countries, say, "Hey, I want to go to America because everything's free." And you don't get busted for stealing things, and you don't get you don't go to jail for murdering people. You just get to come across, and uh, they welcome you in, and they let you vote, and then they give you a five thousand uh, dollar visa cards, and they give you a place to live, and they give you a place to uh, they give you a free school and and uh, free food, all that stuff. Same thing as opening up the jails and just letting all those felons and bad guys into our community. Hey, anyway, keep your keep your guys' uh, eyes open and your and your brain clicked on so you watch what happens. 2024 is going to be a very interesting year. So anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Events. Thanks for listening to, uh, to me. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.